Humans, what's happening? It is once again another episode of Fruity's Ultimate Game Show, Fruity's Fantasy Fun Time, Fruity's Fantasy Fun Factory, whatever you call it. Um, yeah, so I'm here and I am at Fruity as Alex on Instagram and Twitter. We are at WrestleOzStar with an AUS on Instagram and Twitter. Search us up on Facebook, uh, Wrestling Oz Style. And with me at this time is the head honcho of the WWF at I am Chris Thunder. Chris, how you doing, man? Yeah, really well, thanks. This is always fun. Oh, man, this is so good. Um just a heads up, I may have booked the most creatively ambitious ending of a pay-per-view for this month. <laughs> Nothing like you would ever see in a professional wrestling program. That <laughs> does sound interesting. Yes. Um, so, h- how's it going for you? Like, writing these shows... Coming to you pretty quickly? Yeah, when I don't accidentally save over the file. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, think... we are a couple of days behind our first registered recording date, but that's all good. That stuff happens. Yeah, I think I need to start handwriting these. <laughs> yeah, you do what I do. Put it on the notes app on your phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then accidentally touch it and it all disappears. Yep, yep. Yeah, so what happened last month in the World Wrestling Federation concert? Ooh, last month. Well, I am glad that you asked. Because last month was Battleground, which also saw in the lead-up to it a couple of big things happen on Raw. So we had X-Puck, the hardcore champion, lose to Terry Funk in an impromptu match. Immortal defeated two locals on Raw, dressed as the Legion of Doom in a cage match, angering the Road Warriors, resigning in their pay-per-view match being changed to a Hell in the Cell last chance match. Uh, WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett announced the participants in the Global Lightweight Series, so basically... A uh, best of the Super Juniors type tournament. Block A had Mil Masquerez, Jack Briscoe, Butch Miller, and X Pac. While in B block, Jushin Fundaliga, Gerald Briscoe, Randy Roddy Piper, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. While also on Raw, Wendy Richter competed in four singles matches, turned a championship rematch rematch opportunity, defeating Kelly Kelly, Alicia Fox, and Caitlin, before losing to Paige via countout when Brie Bella appeared ringside. So that's just raw there. <laughs> yeah. Um, going into the pay-per-view itself, Battleground, during Heat, there was a fatal four-way number one contenders match where Kelly Kelly defeated Alicia Fox and Caitlin while Paige was unable to compete after being attacked backstage. Raddy Roddy Piper defeated X-Pac. In a European rules match, Andre the Giant defeated Dory Funk Jr. to retain his European championship. Jushin Fundaliga defeated Butch Miller. Brie Bella defeated Kelly Kelly to retain the Women's Championship. Gerald Briscoe 
versus Jack Briscoe ended in a 15-minute time limit draw where there was a sign of respect between the brothers afterwards. The Hart Foundation defeated Harlem Heat for the right to choose the stipulations for Booker T versus Bret Hart at SummerSlam, where they named it a last man standing match and champion versus champion winner take all for the main event. Uh, in the co-main event of Battleground, the Hell in the Cell match, Immortal the Champions were defeated by the Road Warriors, meaning they are the new WWF Tag Team Champions. And in the main event of the show, the Global Lightweight Series final, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat defeated the favourite Mil Mascarez to win the tournament and become the first WWF Light Heavyweight Champion. So, yeah, a lot going on last month. What about yourself over in WCW? Yeah, we had a spring stampede, a whole new world, dot, 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 order. Um, yeah, uh, so much happening. Um, we had the debut of the three-man announce booth, which uh, Jesse Ventura and JR are joined by Bobby Heenan. We kicked off the show with a world title match, which I wouldn't normally do, but I had to. Uh, Hulk Hogan versus Shawn Michaels. Uh, Shawn Michaels retained after Goldberg debuted and joined the NWO. And, yeah, that was the first of many shockers of the night. Um, we had Honky Tonk Man and Barry Windham versus Macho Man's mystery masked tag team, which ended up revealing themselves to be Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy with the former Freebirds getting the win there. We had a leader defender women's title against Molly Holly. We had Edge successfully defend his US title against Ricky Morton. We had um, a triple threat number one contenders match for the women's title with Trish Stratus versus Melina versus Beth Phoenix. And Beth Phoenix came on top on that one. Uh, there was a backstage angle where Edge is found unconscious in the backstage area and he's completely covered in blood and he has the NWO spray painted on his back. Um, the Dudley boys versus Too Thick with the winner immediately facing the Outsiders was won by Too Thick. The Outsiders come out and immediately put the beat down on... Too thick, and the Outsiders get the win with the help of Goldberg, who used a cattle prod on Yokozuna. So, a little wink and a nod to Goldberg's 1998 Starcade match against Kevin Nash there. Um, yeah, uh, we had Miss Elizabeth announcing that on the following night's Nitro, there will be a huge main event between Hulk Hogan versus Goldberg, which we'll get to shortly. Uh, we had Kurt Hennig uh, versus the Macho Man Randy Savage in a hardcore title match. Macho Man ends up winning the title with help from a, another new member of the Savage Posse, the Big Boss Man. Um, what else? We had Mankind versus the Ultimate Warrior with the Ultimate Warrior beating Mankind in a concrete crypt match with Rick Rude coming out and with a sledgehammer and smashing the glass box to help Mankind out of the box. 
And as the concrete spills, we see the concrete head towards War- Ultimate Warrior's feet, and we see something fall out of the box and land near Warrior, and it was a baseball bat. Uh, and the main event was Stone Cold Steve Austin versus the Nature Boy Ric Flair in a no-DQ submissions count anywhere match with the number one contendership for the world title on the line. Uh, Ric Flair wins that one by slapping on the figure four around the ring post. And what do you know? Stone Cold Steve Austin, a bleeding mess, passed out in a submission hold in a submission match. Half predictable there. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, just that... a little. Hey? Maybe, just a little. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> And then we had a bit of a beatdown on the Horsemen by the NWO, and we set up a War Games match uh, for the next pay-per-view, which will be called War Games. Um, and there's a couple of stipulations to the War Games match between the Horsemen and the NWO, which is uh, the Horsemen win, they decide their title match stipulations for the next month. If the NWO win, they get their own annual pay-per-view uh, losing faction must disband per the ruling of the WCW Board of Directors because they don't want these problematic heel factions both running around. And that's pretty much everything set up for this month and what happened last month. Oh, wow, that is a lot. Yeah, yeah, um... Uh, I definitely adopt a bit of a car crash mentality with some of my pay-per-views. <laughs> it's not going to get any different today. <laughs> but should we just get, get straight into it and talk about our televisions? Yeah, if you like, we can get into it. Yep, so th- this episode I'm going first, and this is uh, week one. WCW Nitro heading towards war games and we are back in the Disney MGM studios the lo- the lazy Susan returns uh the three-man commentary team welcome us to Nitro remind us of the huge main event tonight it'll be Hulk Hogan versus Goldberg in Goldberg's in-ring debut uh Rick Rude comes out for an interview with Mean Gene he reminds us that when he won the hardcore title at Uncensored many months ago, Mankind stood on the ramp and said that Rude owes him one. And since then, Mankind did a sit-down interview with Hulk Hogan a couple of months ago and JR, where he explained that he always wanted to be a sex symbol like Rude. Quite frankly, since then, Rude had grown a soft spot for Mankind. And that's why he came out there to help Mankind last night, and that's why he wants to repay the favour to Mankind by being his tag team partner and conquering the tag division together. So Mankind, come on out here. Mankind comes out and says a freak like Mankind could never be Rick Rude's tag team partner, so stop feeling pity for me and leave me alone. Rick Rude and Mankind will never be a team Mankind leaves, and Rude is left all alone in the ring, pretty disappointed. Uh, We get the in-ring return of Eddie Guerrero since uh, Road Wild, 
And it is against Ricky Morton. Ten minute fast pace, back and forth match, but Eddie gets the win. Immediately afterwards, DDP comes out and says he respects Eddie for how he took the world champ to the limits and he respects his in-ring ability. And DDP is fairly new to WCW and he's trying to make a name for himself. So I want to challenge you, Eddie, one of the best in-ring wrestlers in this company, to a match of war games. Eddie accepts, both men shake hands, and the match is official. Uh, Too Thick beats some local talent, but after the match, they are interrupted by the Ultimate Warrior, who's just furious. He's begging for Sting to come out because he knows Sting's behind all the all the crazy shenanigans going on every time he has a pay-per-view match. Uh, Yoko and Rikishi are absolutely pissed and start attacking Warrior because they he got in their way. Uh, Fuji attacks Yoko with his cane and Warrior lays out Rikishi with the chair. Elizabeth announces that next week it will be Rikishi versus the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, Beth Phoenix comes out and cuts a promo on Lita. Lita comes out and says, Beth, you're the least of my worries right now. The love of my life, my boyfriend Edge is still not 100% after the NWO cowards beat him up last night. She turns her back on Beth, but Beth turns Lita around and slaps her. Lita is pissed, but just says, I can't do this right now. And Lita leaves. Camera cuts to the backstage and we see the NWO leaving the Horseman's locker room. We see Flair, Arn and Tully have been laid out and the NWO are dragging an unconscious Edge into a limo. They throw him into the boot, tap the boot and the limo speeds off. Uh, The Savage Posse all come out and announce that Savage had a lawyer speak with the WCW committee. And he threatened legal action if he didn't get what he wanted. And it's official. The 24-7 rule is gone. But to make up for it, every single pay-per-view, the hardcore title will be on the line for the entire show. And to show he is a fighting champion, he will be issuing an open challenge for his title at Spring Stampede. Oh, And speaking of Spring Stampede, he also signed a special six-band tag team match. It will be the West Texas Rednecks versus the Savage Posse, consisting of Michael Hayes, Terry Gordy, and the Big Boss Band. Ron Simmons looks at Macho. He looks pissed, and he says, Damn! Am I not good enough to put in the match? Macho says, Easy, Ron. Remember, probation, brother. The other members laugh at Simmons, who just bites his lip and ignores it. Uh, Macho then reminds us about Kurt Hennig getting thrown off the stage and Macho hitting an elbow straight off the Turnatron through Kurt Hennig's chest. And he says that Kurt Hennig might not even be able to make it to the six-man tag match at War Games because, well... Macho may have ended his career last night, but I really am sorry, Kurt. I feel bad. So I've written a special song for you and we'll perform it live right now. 
sorry to put you through this again, Chris. Yeah, you get the you get the picture. <laughs> we don't need to listen to too much more of that, at least for Chris's sake. Um, we got Trish Stratus versus Layla with Michelle McCool. Michelle tries to get involved, but Trish takes her out, and eventually Trish gets the win over Layla in ten minutes. After the match, Trish is attacked by Melina, who hits her finisher and challenges Trish. Finally, to a singles match on pay-per-view at War Games. Uh, the Rock and Roll Express beat some locals. Immediately afterwards, the Dudley boys beat some locals with the Rock and Roll Express watching on. Uh, main event time. Huge main event. Hulk Hogan versus Goldberg. Bell rings and immediately Goldberg spears Hogan. Hogan stumbles up to his feet. Spear again by Goldberg. He continues that another two or three times. Hogan's bleeding out of his mouth. The finish comes at the four-minute mark when Goldberg hits the jackhammer for the clean win. Commentators are shocked. Hogan is stretched out of the arena as the NWO come out and celebrate with a stoic Goldberg. He shows no emotion and Nitro as the commentators speculate that if it takes Goldberg only four minutes to send Hogan to hospital, who could ever stop this man to end Nitro? Oh, wow. That is a bit shocking. Yeah. Um, without further ado, WWF, Raw is War, week one heading towards SummerSlam. Nah, you don't want that. We want more Nitro. Of course we do, but but whilst Nitro's not on, we might as well watch some WWF, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so week one, we are in Phoenix, Arizona, in the United States of America for WWF Raw is War. Commentary team is Lord Alfred Hayes, Captain Lou Albano, and Gorilla Monsoon with ring announcer Howard Finkel. Oh, boy. So, opening Raw, hometown celebration for the WWE Women's Champion, Brie Bella, who is confronted by Kelly Kelly. Kelly asks for a fair rematch, but, B, but Brie agrees only on one condition. When she wins, regardless of whomever may challenge in the future, she wants WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett and the WWF Executive Board to agree to a one-and-done rule, meaning... No woman who challenges for the championship while I'm champion can re-challenge for 12 months. So, Kelly Kelly, choose wisely before you sign, as this could cost you what little friends you have left. You have two weeks to answer. So, after that uh, commercial break, WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett addresses the crowd from his office stating we have received word that due to page being unable to compete at SummerSlam uh, 
Where am I? Sorry. Received by Stating that we have received word that due to Paige being unable to compete at SummerSlam, we are considering Kelly Kelly as a challenger. However, the investigation into her attack will continue with the WWF executive board looking over video footage. Uh, later in the night, new WWF light heavyweight champion Ricky the Dragon Steamboat addresses the crowd, thanks his wife and child before saying he'll uh, before saying he'll hold an open challenge to all challenge before saying there'll be an open challenge match at SummerSlam and he's willing to face any challenges. Stating they have already signed a blank contract in the presence of the WWF executive board. So who thinks they can slay the dragon? Uh, main event of Raw for week one is Booker T and Bret Hart contract signing. Booker's music plays, but he doesn't enter. Then Bret's music plays as he enters, with Booker's music playing again as he enters after Bret. This all seems to be mind games to get under Bret's skin before SummerSlam. WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett announces that there will be two warm-up non-title matches where non-competing wrestlers will be banned from ringside and their tag and their teammate as well as a teammate match to determine who will enter second at SummerSlam. With the contract signed, the main event for SummerSlam is official as each man holds up their respective titles before staring down one another as we go off the air. Awesome, awesome. Um, really, really hyped up for SummerSlam. Um, this is a huge fantasy month for fantasy wrestling fans, I guess. Uh, you got one of the big four pay-per-views, SummerSlam, going up against War Games with NWO versus the Horsemen. It's like, it's huge. It's huge. But week two, Nitro. Uh, tonight, Hulk Hogan will be making a huge announcement. Ooh. Uh, Flair, Arn, Tully, and Lita come out and explain that Edge is at home with cracked ribs and a banged-up shoulder. He won't be able to make it to Nitro the next few weeks, but our main focus is that he will still be able to show up for war games on pay-per-view. Arn says, yeah, we aren't nice guys. We don't wear white hats, but we don't disrespect this business like the NWO. When that bell rings, we bust our ass for title opportunities, but the NWO has disrespected the titles they hold by winning them the way they did. Flair says the horsemen made a living beating people in war games and then WO comes to an end on pay-per-view in three weeks' time. Flair says that he considers the men in this ring his brothers. And as far as leader goes, well, if you can read between the lines, you can figure out that him and Edge have a special connection. And he would do anything to keep his lovely leader out of harm's way. But then W.O. come out. All four men surround each side of the ring. Sean says that he doesn't give a crap about the legacy of the Horsemen or WCW. Or these stupid bloody titles. The only reason we hold these titles is because of the money. And all he cares about right now is making sure that the N.W.O. 
has all the gold, all the paychecks. It guarantees that at some point this year, the NWO will take one more paycheck away from you old horsemen when we get that US title that that Cripple Edge has. And he might even bring in a lady to take... We might even bring in a lady to take your title leader. Flair challenges them to get in the ring, but Sean says, nah, you guys have bigger things to worry about, like the insurance policy of the NWO, Goldberg, because Big Billy is taking on Tully Blanchard tonight. All the men leave, but Lita stays in the ring as she has a non-title match against Molly Holly, and it starts right now. Molly Holly versus Lita. Lita seems out of it. Um, She's obviously distracted by everything going on. Molly gets multiple near falls on Lita. Eventually, Lita snaps out of it, hits a twist of fate on Molly for the three count. After the match, Beth comes out and confronts Lita again. Lita tells Beth to get out of the way, but Beth says, I know what you have been doing this year. I'm not turning my back on you. I could never trust someone like you. Lita pushes Beth out of the way and just simply leaves once again. Uh, Rick Rude comes out once again and asks Mankind to be his partner, but the wild Samoans come out instead. The Samoans say that Rude cost them the biggest payday of their their biggest paydays. Oh, sorry. Uh, the Samoans say that Rude cost them their biggest paydays they've ever gotten when he got pinned and Heenan lost his manager's license. Rude owes them big time. The Wild Samoans beat down Rick Rude and leave. Uh, DDP and Eddie Guerrero versus a local tag team. The entire match is a game of one-upmanship from both men. Finish comes when DDP hits a diamond cutter, but Eddie got a blind tag, climbs up, hits the frog splash for the three count. Uh, Melina cuts a promo about how she saved Trish's ass at Road Wild, and then Trish cost her the number one contendership. This time, she will finally get the chance to beat Trish one-on-one. Backstage promo with the Rock and Roll Express. Morton says that him and Gibson have been apart for the past month or so, but now they're back together officially, going to make one more run towards those tag titles. Last week, they hung around, watched the Dudley boys, and were impressed. They think there would be no bigger statement than beating the Dudleys on pay-per-view. The Dudleys come in, accept the challenge, and the Dudleys cheap shot the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, Randy Savage comes out with his posse, but they are quickly interrupted by the Honky Tonk Man and Barry Windham. Honky says that rap is the lowest form of entertainment, and on pay-per-view, a redneck leaves with the hardcore title. All of a sudden, Kurt Hennig with a neck brace on runs in the ring and smashes a Jack Daniels bottle over Savage's head. The other rednecks join him, and all three rednecks clear the ring of the posse. Then Hennig says Savage is a coward and trying to book him out of the title picture, but that isn't going to work because he's going to win the six-man tag match at War Games, and then he's going to go on and beat Savage for the hardcore title because he's accepting the open challenge. Uh, Rikishi is in the ring for his match with the Ultimate Warrior, but Warrior doesn't come out. 
we see backstage Warrior and Fuji beating down Yokozuna. They force Yoko into some weird dark room and they have a pre-prepared shark cage in the dressing room. They lock Yoko in the shark cage and lock the dressing room door. Rikishi versus the Ultimate Warrior. Rikishi has the upper hand early, but Fuji distracts the referee and Warrior low blows Rikishi. He then works over Rikishi's back. He locks on what appears to be a scorpion death lock by the Ultimate Warrior, and uh, he gets the win. After the match, we see multiple chair shots to Rikishi. Warrior wraps a chair around Rikishi's ankle and jumps on it. Rikishi's stretched out. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, <clears throat> Goldberg versus Tully ends in 10 seconds after one spear for the three count. After the match, Goldberg continues his assault and hits a jackhammer. Arn runs in, gets speared as well. Flair runs in, he gets speared. Out come the Outsiders and Sean and they beat down the Horsemen. Miss Elizabeth announces that next week we will see three matches. Tully Blanchard versus Kevin Nash, Arn Anderson versus Goldberg, and Scott Hall versus Ric Flair. The faction that has won at least two out of the three matches will get the advantage in war games. Oh, and Sean, you will be banned from the arena next week. Sean's pissed. Our final segment, main event, if you will, is Hulk Hogan's huge announcement. He admits that when he came to WCW, all he wanted to do was be a role model for all of his Hulkamaniacs and be the world champion his maniacs deserve. But every time he had the opportunity, and God knows he was lucky enough to get a lot of opportunities, he failed. I guess Sean was right. Maybe I am too old. Maybe I can't hang anymore. So I'm here to officially announce that I, Hulk Hogan, will be retired. Glass shatters. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin says that he respects everything Hogan has done. But if Hogan is going to hang up his red and yellow shirt and his boots, then Hogan should end it on a better note. Austin challenges Hogan to a match at Spring Stampede. Hogan's reluctant. Austin says, I know you have offers in Hollywood waiting for you, so how about we kick each other's asses and then give these fans the dream match that they want? The fans are chanting for Hogan. Austin says, I'm begging you, Hulkster. Let's give all these people the match they've been dreaming about since the first pay-per-view in January. If y'all want to see Hogan versus Austin, give me a hell yeah. Crowd responds, hell yeah. Hogan finally accepts at the matches official for war games, Hogan versus Austin, and that ends week two. Oh, wow. I didn't expect that. Yeah, uh, a match that we never got. Hogan versus Austin coming up on pay-per-view. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. Week, <laughs> Week two for Rory's War. Denver, Colorado, USA. The new WWF Tag Team Champions, the Road Warriors, Say they are willing to face all comers as they are standing in the ring 
Where the hell am I? Show opens with WWF Tag Team Champions. Nah, 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 nah. Let's try again. Week two, Denver, Colorado, USA. Show opens with new WWF Tag Team Champions, the Road Warriors, and Paul Aaron in the ring. Paul says that the Road Warriors have laid waste to all comers to get this, to get the gold around their waist. But for them to be the best, they have to beat the best. So they're calling out the Briscoes for a match at SummerSlam. Um, after commercials, we see Kelly Kelly addressing the women's locker room, saying they should support her and not someone who was given an opportunity from underneath the hard-working locker room. Of course, Bree's condition being that when she wins, regardless of whomever... No, oh, yeah, I can get rid of all that. Of course, Bree's condition does weigh heavily on the mind of all the women in the locker room. Uh, main event of the evening, not a lot this month, uh, not a lot this episode at all, but was the first warm-up match, first warm-up match, Bret Hart versus Stevie Ray. Try as he might, Stevie is in a match on Bret's level and is caught in a sharpshooter for the submission victory. Of course, the uh, seconds were banned ringside for these warm-up matches. Very good. Yeah, Nitro uh, week three, heading towards War Games, kicks off with Arne Anderson versus Goldberg. It's a one-minute match. Immediate spear followed by a jackhammer. NWO goes up 1-0 and in the fight for the advantage at War Games. Uh, Beth cuts a backstage promo on Lita. She says that all she has been hearing these past few months was how ruthless and dominant of a champion leader is but leader is nothing but a lost little girl fawning over a scumbag boyfriend leader didn't even show up tonight she's at the hospital like a good little house bitch looking after a man if leader doesn't get her head in the game it'll be short work for beth phoenix at war games uh, Rick Rude come, uh, comes out, cuts another promo, begging mankind to be his partner. He even has a match set up for them against the Wild Samoans of War Games. Mankind, just come out here and shake my hand and we'll take the tag division by storm. Instead, the Wild Samoans come out, beat down Rick Rude again, and no sign of Mankind. Trish cuts a promo on Melina, responding to all of Melina's accusations from last week, calls her a manipulative, conniving bitch. Melina sneaks, uh, sneak attacks Trish backstage. Honky Tonk Man and Barry Windham versus the Freebirds. Once again, Freebirds make quick work of the Rednecks with a double power bomb. After the match, camera cuts to a corporate box where... <laughs> oh, I forgot I... I forgot I wrote this. After the match, camera cuts to a corporate box where Savage, Bossman, Simmons, and Sherry have been watching the match. All of a sudden, we see a janitor come in and put on what appears to be night vision goggles. The lights turn off for a little bit, then the lights come back on, and Sherry, Bossman, Simmons, and Savage are laid out. The goggles come off to reveal Kurt Hennig. 
who flees quickly as the Freebirds try to make their way towards the corporate box. So I completely stole that Randy Orton spot. <laughs> I completely, I completely forgot I wrote that. <laughs> That's really well done. <laughs> I completely forgot that the night vision goggles thing happened. Um, hey, at least your guy had a disguise for a reason. Unlike yeah. Gordon, who just left and came back in a disguise. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh. Sorry, sidetracking. Uh, continue, my friend. Yeah. I feel like we didn't spend enough time on that night vision thing anyway. But anyway, moving forward, uh, Tully Blanchard versus Kevin Nash, 10-minute match. Finish comes when the ref is distracted by Hall and Goldberg on the ramp. Vitaly Blanchard pulls out a roll of quarters from his trunks. He hits Nash with it and pins Nash for the three count. It's now one and one in the battle for the advantage for war games. Uh, Yokozuna comes out, cuts a promo about how Rikishi has a severely he'll be out of action for two weeks. So I guess this means this big goose is riding solo at war games. It's no secret that Fuji and I have some serious history. I was happy to stay out of your business if you stayed out of mine, but you couldn't do that, could you? So I spoke to Liz, and since you thoroughly enjoyed throwing me in a shark cage backstage last week, Liz has helped me out here. It's going to be Yokozuna versus the Ultimate Warrior War Games. And to make sure Fuji doesn't get involved, he'll be suspended high above the ring in a shark cage. Warrior and Fuji sneak attack Yoko, and Warrior smashes Fuji's cane across Yoko's knee. But Yoko gets right back up, and Warrior and Fuji retreat. Uh, Eddie Guerrero and DDP lose to the Rock and Roll Express by DQ after the Dudleys uh, come down and attack the Rock and Roll Express. After the match, DDP and Eddie have a stare down. We get a sit-down interview with JR, Austin and Hogan, hyping up how important and how big this upcoming match is going to be for both men. Main event time, Ric Flair versus Scott Hall, 15-minute match. Finish comes when a video shows up on the big screen. It appears to be a handheld home video footage filmed from inside someone's car. In the footage, we see in the distance Leader walking into a hospital. The car door opens and the cameraman puts the camera... Oh, sorry. The car door opens and the camera gets put on the hood of the car. We then see a man walking towards where Leader was. The man turns around towards the camera, and it's Shawn Michaels. He winks at the camera and crotch chops. Ric Flair's freaking out in the ring, but he turns around into an outsider's edge from Scott Hall, who gets the win to end Nitro, and what do you know, the heels have the man advantage for war games to end week three. No. I thought, yeah. honestly, you were going to do the old uh, coin flip. Oh, the whole fight for the man advantage is just too compelling to use, uh, to not use for a good week's worth of matches. <laughs> ah, fair enough then. 
Oh, what have I done wrong here? Aha! There we go. Sorry. So, yeah, week... Four, week three. Yeah, coming to you from good old Des Moines, Iowa. Okay. Oh, it's where the, the Monday Night Messiah comes from. Oh, it is. It is. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. what's he, was he recently on Smackdown? Uh, the, the Smackdown Saviour? <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Uh, why couldn't they have just said Friday Night Messiah? Why did they? Have... Anyway. It's not illiterate. Illiterary. <laughs> You know, alliteration, but that's it. Yeah, everything <laughs> about the WWE is illiterate, but yeah. Oh man, uh, yeah, week three. So we start off with Terry Front outside earlier in the day saying how great it is to be in St. How great it is, how great it is to be in Des Moines and is attacked by X Pac who's determined to throw everything he can find on top of Terry and eventually crams him into a upturned shopping trolley. After commercials, we see WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett in the ring with Kelly Kelly. Jim states that the executive board didn't make this decision lightly, but due to the support from the women's locker room, we have unanimous unanimously agreed to grant you your one-on-one rematch at SummerSlam. Kelly Kelly is delighted and signs the contract, and while posing on the turnbuckle, is attacked from behind by Brie Bella, who who had stormed the ring behind her, and is attacked by Brie Bella, who had stormed the ring behind her. Brie grabs the contract from Jim Barnett, signs it before throwing it down on Kelly Kelly, and says, see you in two weeks. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, then it's uh, then there's shown a graphic package of the announced matches for SummerSlam. So we have Booker T versus Bret Hart, Champion versus Champion, World versus IC, winner take all. The women's, ma- women's matches now confirm. Brie Bella versus Wendy. Uh, Brie Bella versus Kelly Kelly where if Bree wins, it'll be one-and-done rule from here on. Uh, a one-and-done rule for all her challenges moving forward, as well as the Road Warriors versus the Briscoes in a tag-team match. Uh, later on, we have Andre the Giant beating up two local... Uh, beating up a local tag team in quick fashion. But after... We're, but after the match is attacked by Jake the Snake Roberts from behind, who chops out his legs, tying Andre up in the ropes. Jake goes to Jake goes to the ringside and grabs a black velvet bag and retrieves Damien, who bites Andre. <laughs> and it takes many officials to help free Andre after the attack. But Andre, enraged, goes on to attack all the officials in the ring, delivering choke slams to all. Love it. Uh, second warm-up match in the main event of this week was Booker T versus Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Tries his might. Jim isn't a match for Booker and is caught by Bookend for the pinfall victory, meaning both champions have won their warm-up matches going into their teammate single match for 
championship advantage in the SummerSlam match. Uh, sorry, entrance advantage going into the SummerSlam match. Love it. Yeah, uh, week four, my friend, week four. Lots of advantages being fought for on week three, at least, on both shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, week four, the go-home-before-war games. We open Nitro with the big boss man versus Kurt Hennig. Ten-minute match that ends when Ron Simmons... Uh, sorry. Ten-minute match that ends when Ron Simmons tries to help boss man, but Hennig moves... Simmons accidentally lays out Bossman and Henning gets the win. The Rednecks come out. They attack Simmons and Bossman. The Freebirds and Savage come out and the Rednecks retreat. Savage gets the Freebirds to hold up Simmons and Savage cuts a scathing promo on Simmons, blaming Simmons for the loss today and blaming Simmons for the attack last week. Savage then tells Simmons not to even bother showing up on Sunday because you're suspended from all savage security duties. Have fun trying to feed your stupid kids now. Um, he then repeatedly slaps Simmons. As he, as he is leaving, Hennig returns and challenges Savage to a West Texas bull rope match for Sunday. Savage accepts. We get a Yokozuna promo in Ring talking about his history with Mr. Fuji and how Mr. Fuji corrupted him. All of a sudden, the lights go out, and when the lights come back on, Warrior is in the ring standing over a laid-out Yokozuna. Uh, we get a hype video for Trish versus Molina. We get a quick video of Mankind in a boiler room promising that Mankind will not be Rick Rude's partner on Sunday. Uh, the Dudley boys beat Eddie and DDP by DQ after the Rock and Roll Express attacked the Dudleys mid-match. Eddie and DDP have another stare down. Beth Phoenix squashes a local in a minute and calls out Lita, but Lita once again no-shows. Hogan has a sit-down interview again talking about the dream match on Sunday. He admits that a big part of him contemplating retirement is that he has a lot of film projects coming up in Hollywood. Even if this will be his last match for a while, laying down for Austin on pay-per-view, that doesn't work for me, brother. And will prove that Hulkamania will run wild forever. Uh, main event time, Ric Flair comes out, challenges any member of the NWO to a warm-up match for Sunday. Out comes Goldberg. Goldberg dominates Flair for five minutes, but finally Ric Flair gets the upper hand. He has Goldberg in the figure four. But the outsiders and Sean come out, attack Flair for the DQ. Arn and Tully try to make the save, but the numbers advantage is too great. All four NWO members are beating down the horsemen, but all of a sudden, you think you know me. It's the return of Edge with Leader by his side. He has a chair, runs into the ring, and is wildly swinging. All four NWO members evade the chair and retreat. It looks like, after all, it will be four versus four on Sunday as we get ready for war. To conclude week four. Say the line, Alex. 
War Games. I can't do the William Regal impression. Do it as Dusty then. <laughs> it's the War Game, Daddy. It's a little bit of plunder, a little bit of plunder, a little bit of blood in the cage in the in the games of the wall, baby. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, man. Week four. Hey, speaking of night vision goggles, a certain uh, man was born here as we go to St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> Love it. Uh, opening raw, Alicia Fox versus Caitlin. Okay. <laughs> Well, don't get too excited because the match barely gets started as Wendy runs in from the crowd to lay out both women with a chair that appears to have red paint on it, resulting in the match being thrown out. Wendy grabs a mic and says, You see, it took me years of grinding to where I am today, and no pal canary is going to take away my rightful place at the top of this industry. Not you, not Bree, and certainly not Kelly Kelly. Security begins to run down as Jim Barnett signals to grab her, but she jumps the rail and escapes into the night. We then have our final couple of announcements for uh, for SummerSlam. So we have the final matches announced for SummerSlam. So also announced will be Andre the Giant versus Jake Snake Roberts in a European Championship match, as well as Terry Funk versus X-Pac in a Chicago street fight. Yeah, and then the main event is... Jim Neidhart with Bret Hart in his corner versus uh, versus Stevie Ray with Booker T in his corner, where the winner will have their teammate and a second at SummerSlam. This is all Jim Neidhart, surprisingly, up until a point where Booker T sits something in the corner and walks to the far side to start arguing with Bret. The referee, distracted, ejects both Bret and Booker T as Stevie Ray picks up the slapjack, nails Jim Neidhart, the ref turns around, doesn't see the slapjack back in Stevie's tights, and goes for the pinfall. One, two, three, and Booker T, the world champion, will enter second at SummerSlam. Very good. Um, I guess you could say that slapjack gave Stevie Ray some retribution. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man oh, what about war games oh god that was terrible cut <laughs> what well, about war games my friend this is this is going to be my most overproduced pay-per-view I've ever done in terms of playing songs over the speaker <laughs> That's right. It is time for War Games. It is WCW War Games. Two rings to rule them all. Live from Madison Square Garden in New York City, New York. Why is that, you ask? Yes, because, like it says, this is war. Well, we have a... <laughs> we have a three-man commentary booth for this one. It's good old JR, Jesse the Body Ventura, and 
Bobby the Brain Heenan. As they are doing the introductions for the pay-per-view, uh, first of all, you see there's like army tanks and like trenches and dugouts and sandbags and like old machine guns and all that sort of cool stuff for the stage area. Um, they're doing a rundown for the show tonight, but they say that they've just received word of an incident backstage and the cameras are there. It's Edge. He's completely laid out yet again. This guy's having the worst luck and it appears he's been thrown through a window backstage. Now, if you think back to last month on pay-per-view, Goldberg threw Hulk Hogan through a window backstage. This has Goldberg written all over it. A a devastated leader is with Edge, and she's freaking out. But a stagehand runs up to her and informs her that her match is up right now. Leader starts freaking out, but she heads towards the ring area. It is the WCW Women's Championship on the line. Lita versus Beth Phoenix. Lita seems completely out of it. She keeps looking towards the backstage area. The bell rings and instantly, within seconds, Beth levels Lita with a clothesline. She follows up immediately with the glam slam. One, two, three. Just like that. Within... Within a couple of minutes, just like that, we have a new women's champion. Beth celebrates. Lita gets up and immediately gets out of the ring, rushes towards the backstage area while selling. The commentators are shocked. Heenan says, this is why you don't mix business with pleasure. We have a new women's champion, Beth Phoenix. Yeah, I didn't catch all that. that. Yeah, yeah, I got I got all that. I didn't expect that. Yeah. Oh, man. There's big things afoot at the moment. Uh, Up next is the West Texas Rednecks versus Boss Band and the Freebirds representing the Savage Posse. This is a 15-minute cluster F sort of match. Eventually, Kurt Hennig gets the clean pin on the Boss Man. All three members of the Savage Posse have been beaten up so badly they get taken to the back. Immediately afterwards, Savage comes out and we start the West Texas bull rope match for the hardcore title. Both men are tied to each other with the bull rope. You win by pinfall or submission. Uh, Thanks for the inspiration, Thunder. Um, Ten-minute plunder fest here. Almost immediately, Savage busts Hennig open with the cowbell. Hennig starts to fight back. At one point, Macho has Hennig on a table in the ring and is going for the elbow drop, but Hennig pulls the rope and gets out of the way. Savage goes flying through the table. Hennig has Savage up for the Hennig plex, but a masked man, once again, attacks and lays out Hennig with a chair. He puts Savage on top and Savage gets the pinfall and is still your hardcore king of rap. The masked man helps Savage to his feet and reveals himself. Savage looks confused. It's Ron Simmons. Savage gives Ron a big hug. He looks surprised. Maybe Ron Simmons has finally redeemed himself. But Ron Simmons hits Randy Savage with a huge dominator. Simmons then pins Savage 
And Ron Simmons is your new hardcore champion. Ron flees through the crowd with the title as a shocked savage throws a temper tantrum in the ring. Uh, we get a backstage promo with Hulk Hogan hyping up his match against Austin. Well, let me tell you something, Mean Gene. Uh, he says that this is the most important night of his career because this is the night he finds out if the red and the yellow can still hang, brother. And he says, what you going to do? All that sort of good stuff. Um, we then move on to Trish Stratus versus Molina in a long 25-minute back-and-forth match. Trish Stratus eventually gets the queen... Oh, uh, sorry. Trish Stratus eventually gets the clean win after a Stratus faction on Molina. Backstage, Miss Elizabeth announces that next month, whether Edge is able to compete or not, there will be a US title match. And because she feels like she owes the West Texas Rednecks uh, a make good because of them getting completely screwed over in the hardcore title match and being so dominant in the six-man tag, the number one contender of the U.S. title will be a member of the West Texas Rednecks chosen amongst themselves. Between Leader and Beth Phoenix, and also Randy Savage has angrily requested a hardcore title rematch against Ron Simmons. We then get the Dudley Boys versus the Rock and Roll Express. Ten-minute match. Dudleys end up getting the clean win after a three-day on Ricky Morton. After the match, it looks like they're going to continue brawling, but the Dudleys take a knee as a sign of respect to the Rock and Roll, ex uh, to the Rock and Roll Express and offer their hands for a handshake, which the Rock and Rolls accept. Eddie Guerrero versus DDP is a 20-minute back-and-forth match. Crowd is audibly split between both babyfaces here. Lots of counters and technical wrestling, all that good stuff. The finish comes when Eddie has DDP down for the frog splash, but DDP gets up just in time and catches Eddie with a diamond cutter midair. After the match, a visibly frustrated Eddie Guerrero reluctantly shakes DDP's hand and storms off backstage. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. We get a promo from the NWO about the main event match tonight. They remind us that after tonight, there will be only one true click left in WCW and you're looking at them. Uh, Yokozuna versus the Ultimate Warrior with Mr. Fuji in a shark cage hanging above the ring. This is a quick five-minute match. Yokozuna goes to hit a splash in the corner, but Warrior gets out of the way and pushes the ref into the line of the fire. Warrior then catches Fuji's cane, which Fuji dropped from between the cracks of the shark cage. And he levels Yoko with it repeatedly across the knee and the back. He then applies what appears to be a scorpion deathlock, perhaps sending a message to someone. And the ref finally gets up and sees Yokozuna tapping out. Warrior is celebrating in the ring, but the lights go out. They come back on and we see a close-up zoomed tight on a worried Ultimate Warrior's face. And as we get this zoomed in 
look at Warrior's face, we see drops of blood slowly falling onto Warrior's head. The camera zooms out to reveal an unconscious Fuji face down in the shark cage bleeding directly above the Ultimate Warrior's head. And we see something perched on the shark cage. What's that? It's a crow. What could this mean? The Wild Samoans versus Rick Flood and Mankind? Question mark. The Wild Samoans come out. Rude then comes out and stands by the entranceway. He's waiting for Mankind. Mankind shows up on the big screen and says, Rick, I told you so many times. I've told you so many times. A freak like me, a freak like Mankind would never be deserving to be a tag team partner of yours. But I searched far and wide. And I found the perfect guy that is as cool as you and as much of a sex symbol as you to be your tag team partner. And here he is. Out comes Dude Love. Dude Love has come out, but his hair has had the the sides shaven off to look like a mullet. And his goatee has been trimmed back into a mustache. He's blending in well with Rick Rude. Uh, Dude Love and Rick Rude storm the ring and the match is on. We get about eight minutes of Rick Rude selling for the Samoans until he finally gets a hot tag to Dude Love. Dude hits a DDT to Seeker and puts on his version of the mandible claw, the love handle, onto Arthur. And it pins Arthur in the claw. Rick Rude and Dude Love win. Rick Rude is still kind of confused about everything, but ultimately celebrates with Dude Love, who grabs the mic and says, Ow! Have mercy! Rudy, baby! Have no fear, the dude is here, and we are going to enter the tag team division and win those sexy tag team titles. Because we are the hottest, newest, grooviest tag team in all the land we are the rude dudes all of a sudden a large group of women jump in the ring and dance with the rude dudes to dude loves theme music i stop and react wait for your reaction (laughs) (laughs) it's good man Sorry. The rude dudes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, can you tell I love it? <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is um, It is a dream match for the ages. It is Steve Austin versus Hulk Hogan. 15-minute uh, match, very hard hitting. Austin hits a stunner on Hogan, but Hogan hulks up. Hogan does his typical comeback, throws Austin into the ropes. He throws his boot up, but Austin catches it, spins Hogan around, hits another stunner. Stone cold, stone cold. Austin wins. After the match, Austin gives Hogan a beer and leaves the ring to Hogan, who drinks his beer and leaves his boots in the ring and poses one last time as the commentators speculate if this is the end of Hulk Hogan. 
keep in mind, we're in Madison Square Garden too, so big deal. Um, hmm. Interesting. <laughs> yes. Uh, gimmicks afoot, that's for sure. Uh, it is main event time. Commentators go over the rules for war games. Two men start every five minutes. A new competitor will enter. First a member of the NWO, then a horseman, and so on and so forth. After all men have entered, we will then enter the match beyond. This is old school rules here on this one. The match can fall submission or a captain's surrender, which is the old school rule. Uh, the captains for each team are Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair, quite obviously. Uh, surrender happens by simply saying, I surrender when you feel your team can't go on. Uh, entering first, representing the NWO, is Scott Hall. And entering second, representing the Horseman, is Ric Flair, who is accompanied to ringside by a slightly, de uh, slightly dejected-looking leader. For the first five minutes, Ric Flair has the upper hand and even manages to bust Hall open on the cage. The next entrant is Kevin Nash. We then get five minutes of the outsiders beating down on Flair and Flair's bleeding. It's a main event. That's what Flair does. The next entrant is Arn Anderson. The horsemen uh, start to get the upper hand for the next five minutes. Then the next entrant is the captain of the NWO, Shawn Michaels. The three members of the NWO have the upper hand for five minutes. Tully Blanchard comes out next. It's now more back and forth for five minutes until Goldberg is out next. Spear to Blanchard, spear to Arn. They handcuff Arn and Tully to the cage and take turns. The five minutes is up, but no one comes out. And they just continue the assault on Flair. But finally, finally, out comes Edge. As he gets into the cage, Lita begs him not to do it. But he kisses Lita and says, I'm sorry. And then he pushes Lita out of the way. Out of nowhere, Beth Phoenix comes out and hits Lita with a chair and throws Lita into the ring. Edge looks confused, but Goldberg grabs Lita. Goldberg's got leader up for a jackhammer as Edge is just getting in the ring. But Flair surrenders. Flair just flat out says, I surrendered. Put leader down. Please don't hurt leader. It's over. That's the end of the horseman. Flair surrendered. Um, Goldberg puts down leader, but Edge spears her. Beth Phoenix comes into the ring with two chairs and Beth and Edge hit a concerto on Lita. Flair's almost crying. He's shocked. Edge then levels Flair with the chair. Edge and Beth stand over Lita and make out. The NWO, Michaels, Hall, Nash and Goldberg, all too sweet. Edge and Beth. Edge and Beth Phoenix have joined the NWO. Shawn Michaels grabs the mic and says, you all fell for it. Welcome to the NWO, Edge and Beth. Oh, and next month, don't forget, I'll defend my world title against Ric Flair. Arn and Tully will get a shot at the Outsiders. Lita will get her rematch against Beth. 
and it will all happen at the first annual NWO pay-per-view sold out. Horsemen are dead. Long live the new world order as we get the beautiful sounds of cold chisels when the war is over to take us to credits. Ah, uh, what a fitting song. The credits continue to roll and then it fades to black and we see... Uh, we see another, another song starts playing. We see the outside of a bar. It's like a camera. It's like a camera is on the ground next to a door outside the front of the bar. We see a bright flash of light and then a barefoot walks past the camera. We then hear in the background, I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. Another voice says, you forgot to say please. And then we hear the singe of a cigar. Sounds like it's being burnt on someone's chest. Ah, ah, get him off me. Once again, we can only see the front door, the bottom half of the front door of this bar. We can only hear this. Someone flies through the window of the bar and lands right in front of the camera. As the music changes... Letters slowly type onto the screen. WCW. Judgment Day is coming to end pay-per-view. <laughs> I told you, creatively ambitious. Oh, wow. I did not expect that at all. Really hope you know the scene I was referencing at the very end there. Get out. How dare you question me? Uh hey man, I I don't know what you're into, man. <laughs> oh, thanks. And to be fair, I own I I only just saw that movie for the first time a year ago. <laughs> Not even lying. Uh... But yeah. So Edge and Beth, Edge and Beth are a couple, not Edge and Leader. What do you know? Um, they're part of the NWO. And if you heads up, if you actually look back through like four or five months worth of booking, you can actually see the signs of it sort of Easter egged in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can now looking back for it all and sort of picking up on little things that have happened. Yeah, every time the NWO attacked, Edge and Leader just happened to be the ones to be able to sneak out and survive. Mm. Coincidence. Edge gets attacked, but we never say it actually happened. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah, so favorite But well, it's time for SummerSlam. It's Dash Summer Slam. 
I don't did know what that do, was, but I'll Did he ever do something like that instead of Survivor Series for SummerSlam? I uh, don't think so. Oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> All right, oh, let's dive God. into it. I'm keen for this. So, we go to WWF SummerSlam from Wrigley Field, Chicago, Illinois, in the United States of America. Uh, again, commentary is Lord Alfred Hayes, Captain Lou Albano, and Gorilla Monsoon with ring announcer Howard Finkel. Opening video, we hear Take Me Out to the Ball Game song to various B-roll baseball footage, and then uh, hear that the biggest event of the summer comes to the friendly confines, SummerSlam. And like has the big opening package with all the different matchup cards. So this is Heat, this portion. Uh, sort of pre-show talk, Captain Lou and El- Lord Alpha are running down the card for later tonight. And then Immortals storm the ring. Jeff Jag goes to the timekeeper and shouts, give me a mic, Slappy. Let me tell you something about WWF. They tried to silence us. They tried to remove us. But we're here now and we want to fight. So this is an open challenge. Anyone in the back who wants their ass whooping, get out of here. So their challenges are the team of Antonio Inoki and Jushin Thunder Liger. Immortal are completely outmatched by their Japanese competitors as Inoki drop kicks Angle off the apron. Deborah goes to check on him. But Jared hasn't seen and is calling for the guitar and walks into another Anoki dropkick to push towards Liger, who made the blind tag behind Jared's back. Liger grabs Jeff and applies a surfboard for the submission victory. Post-match, post-match Jeff seems to be angry at Deborah for checking on Angle, who then pushes Jeff. In the commotion, Deborah goes to separate the two men, but Jeff, but Jeff hits Deborah with a closed fist by mistake and apologises to an unconscious Deborah being carried away by Kurt. I'm loving that, by the way. I'm loving that. <laughs> I'm loving where it's going. Yeah, I've, I've got a few little seeds planted there. Um, second match on heat. Wow, two matches on heat this time. <laughs> it is the rematch from this week's Raw, Alicia Fox versus Caitlin. It's a good back-and-forth match with Caitlin. Alicia applying various submission holds and asking Caitlin to call her the captain, shouting, I am the captain now. (laughs) Oh, Captain Fox. Bloody hell, I love that so much. (laughs) Caitlin is stuck in the center of the ring and looks to be caught and going to submit when all of a sudden, Wendy Richter runs in from the crowd to lay out both women with the chair again, resulting in the match being thrown out and camera shouts into the camera. Uh, Wendy shouts into the camera, almost sending a message to Paige before escaping, going, Wendy here. <laughs> uh, Bravo. Oh. So from there, we move on to the pay per view proper itself. Opening the pay-per-view segment is the WWF Hardcore Championship match. Terry Funk, the champion, versus X-Pac in their Chicago street fight. So the match is starting outside the main entrance to the Wrigley Field Stadium. There's a referee in the center of the road with Terry Funk one side 
and X-Pac the other. The referee retrieves the title from Terry, puts it over his shoulder, like so it's around his neck, shoulder, um, like you see some weird people wear a fanny pack around their neck. Does that make yep. sense? Yeah. So like yep. that, and to start the match, he blows a whistle. Because honestly, who's going to hear the ring bell from outside the stadium? <laughs> oh, man. So there's brawling all around the curbside area. They, at one point, Xbox throws Terry into a blue mailbox. Then they brawl over a fan's pickup truck, including a pedigree in the tray by Xbox. Terry grabs Xbox and throws him through glass at a bus stop. They then brawl into a building where we lose signal briefly, but then oh, lose signal briefly as they enter a stairwell. The signal then picks up as the two men are on top of a Wrigley Field rooftop, brawling in the rooftop stands before Terry pushes Xbox down the stands and goes for a pinfall as the referee blows the whistle. Terry celebrates with the championship and a fan hands him the W flag to celebrate. Awesome. Um, yeah, a few little Chicago touches I'm adding in here and there. No, I love it. Love it. Yeah, uh, one sec. Okay. Uh, next is the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship match. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat Champion versus a mystery opponent of Rowdy Roddy Piper. So Piper enters awesome. ready to compete. <laughs> Piper enters ready to compete, looking very WrestleMania 2 here. It's a good explosive match, Ooh. but Dragon gets the upper hand and the pinfall victory to retain. Love that. Uh, match number five of the evening, the European Championship match. Andre the Giant, the champion, versus Jake the Snake Roberts. This is Jake trying to outrun and wear down the giant, but he is caught by Andre, and uh, and Andre unleashes a beating onto Jake, who is battered black and blue, black and blue as Andre keeps getting two counts, but lifts the shoulders before grabbing a carrying Jake by the neck for the choke slam onto the mat, where Andre retains via pinfall. Hmm. Not where you saw that going? Uh, kind of, yes and no. That could have gone either way, to be honest. Yeah. Is that? Uh, match number six. The WWF Tag Team Championship match. The Road Warriors with Paul Arrowing in their corner, the champions versus the Briscoes. The Briscoes enter first. And then the Road Warriors enter second, riding their bikes around the entire playing field perimeter before driving down the aisle. This is a massive Road Warrior pop. The entire crowd is alive for everything Road Warriors who win with a doomsday device to retain. Yep, uh, their hometown, they got the motorbikes, they got everything, man. I love it. Uh, September pay-per-view announcement video. Sometimes... Payback is a dish. Sometimes payback is a dish best served cold. WWF Payback, AT and T Center, San Antonio, Texas. 
Ooh, you're bringing a lot of the modern um, WWE pay-per-view names into a classic sort of era, so it's very interesting. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Co-main event of the evening, WWF Women's Championship. Brie Bella, Bella, the champion, versus Kelly Kelly. If Kelly Kelly loses, she and the entire WWF Women's Division will be subject to Brie's one-and-done rule. Kelly has Brie caught off guard early, playing possum and managing for a two, almost free count with a schoolgirl. But Brie's done playing. Hits a Bella Chote along with a top rope Brie Mo crossbody for the win. And Kelly Kelly loses, and now Brie has her one and done rule in place, the first victim being Kelly Kelly. Sounds familiar. Hey man, if it ain't broke, why fix it? Exactly. Um, main event of the evening, the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Match number eight of the evening, the winner-take-all last-man-standing match. First to enter, the WWF Intercontinental Champion, Bret Hart, who shakes hands with Jim Neidhart at the entranceway before sending him back to the locker room. Next, the WWF World Heavyweight Champion, Booker T, who enters accompanied by Stevie Ray. The referee receives both belts and holds them aloft as each man stares down one another from across the ring. And we begin the match. Oh my God, the plunder. Especially Brett being the honourable man, outnumbered here by Booker and Stevie Ray. There's chairs. There's tables. They go through the announcer's table. They brawl out into the crowd area. There's the crowd chairs being used on one another. They brawl into the (laughs) baseball dugout. There's mitts and baseball bats and baseballs being thrown at one another. They climb on top of the dugout. Over towards left field. They brawl around the seating in left field. They go over to a very infamous spot where a fan attempted to catch over the playing field. What's this? Booker T is caught off guard and he falls back onto the playing surface on top of Stevie Ray. Brett standing, holding himself against the guardrail. Booker is down. The referee counts. One. Two. And he keeps counting. Seven. Eight. Nine. Ten. Ring the bell. He's done. For your... For your still intercontinental champion and now world heavyweight champion, Brett the Hitman Hart. As he celebrates with the fans in the stands as we go off the air. Wow. I love it. I love that. And, yeah, we look at what we got going in our promotions right now. You've got world champ Bret Hart. I've got world champ Shawn Michaels. <laughs> uh, you've got a more wrestling-based, like, technical product. Bret Hart's your world champ. I've got a lot more shenanigans and tomfoolery going on. Well, my world champ, Shawn Michaels. It, it sort of just... It fits. It's hand in hand, sort of. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I better oh, chuck no. myself on. The, I better chuck myself on the video scope for you. 
That's the wrong button. Oh, terrible. Terrible t-shirt. Uh, for the humans that can't see, which obviously, uh, I am wearing a Dude Love shirt because, spoiler alert, I knew what was going to... Oh! <laughs> Would yeah. you like to explain to the humans what that is? Oh, uh, Chicago Cubs World Series baseball top. So we both themed our attires for <laughs> our shows today. We've done that I a couple a of little... times. Yeah. Uh, I think the last show I wore an NWO shirt for the debut of Goldberg. Um, Did you happen to catch first... my little uh, note there about the uh, seating? Oh, I must have missed that one when I was having a drink. What was that? How Booker and Brett brought to the infamous fan seat where somebody tried to take a catch. Oh, yeah, yeah. I caught that. Yeah, I've seen that footage a gajillion times. It's really good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my man. You go. Uh, You're up first, my man. Oh, no. All right. Be gentle to him. He just had a hell of a pay-per-view. Oh my god. So twist this month. I'm just gonna have to pull up my little twist list. Twist list. Because this is the first time this one's been pulled out. Can you show me it again? Oh yeah. It's pretty self explanatory. It is an extra twist, but I just need to confirm that this Applies for next month or this month. Yeah, so it's an extra twist for next month. Ooh. Yeah. So do I get a pass um, for, for this month? Yeah, that's your twist this month, is that you get an extra one next month. So you're kind of clear. Uh, I believe... I've got someone that was injured for three months that should be clear now. Uh, give me one second. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's the wrong person. Yeah, I'll be clear uh, next Nitro. Awesome. All right. I've got no show by random wrestler. So it is not a suspension. It is not a wellness violation or anything like that. I've just got someone due to creative differences not showing up next month. Oh, God. This would be a bad time for certain people. Oh, no. Mr. Unavailable next month. Thankfully, I didn't put the title on him like I was going to. Now, Christopher, would you care to humor me for an idea? Yeah. Can you, or is that backwards? 
Yeah, I can read that. Uh, for the humans that can't see, obviously, I wrote down on a piece of paper and some Sharpie in big letters an idea for a trade. Um, a trade involving mm-hmm. two Hall of Fame uh, headliners. Not just Hall of Fame inductees, two guys that... Uh, headlining acts for their Hall of Fame class. Can you leave it with me so I can double-check my other uh, upcoming shows to see if I have uh, said person factored in majorly? You can always um, accept the trade off-air. That's fine. Uh, Next episode... We can just kick off by saying a trade has been accepted, and that's that. Yeah. Ah, I suppose that's the time of the show where, if there's nothing else to be said, to wrap it up. Yeah, uh, I just realised this is the second time that Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig has been put on the shelf for a month for me, so that's annoying. Um, hey, at least I'm he over... isn't racking up those wellness violations for a second time. No exactly. one's drawn one of those yet. <laughs> I'm really, yeah, I'm really surprised one of those have, hasn't been drawn out because there's just as many of those in the tub as there are injuries, and we've had a few of those. Um, yeah. Hell of a month. I could honestly say I would happily spend my money on that SummerSlam pay-per-view, and I would definitely come out of it a very happy man. I'd be yeah, torn, same. actually. I, I, I don't know whose team, whose side I would be on, Booker or Brett. I love both guys. That's a tough choice. Yeah. Don't worry. I got. I know I've got plans for Booker going forward. I just can't remember oh. if I've got plans for other person going forward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I pretty much just threw an idea at you because I haven't seen much of said person, but that's about it. Hmm. Never hurts to ask. Uh, yes. Oh, um, I suppose. Dogger Fon Challenge thingy. How's that going? Dog walking. Oh, dude. Dude, uh, we are currently, as of the time of this recording, a few days away from the end date of the 30th of November, we are currently 271.3. Three six kilometers in twenty seven days. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been pretty insane, but it's been great. Um, I have tweets pinned. I have a tweet pinned on my Twitter for any of those that are listening to this and want to chuck a couple of bucks towards my Oxfam Trailwalker account. It is to help provide. Uh, is to help raise funds for Oxfam as they provide those people that live in less force, uh, less fortunate countries with the essential supplies that you and I take for granted in our day-to-day lives. So you can find that on my Instagram, my Twitter, in my uh, profile in my About Me on Instagram and on my About Me on Twitter and my pinned tweet. But besides all that... I love 
Broody's Ultimate Game Show. This makes me so so happy. I love writing the shows. It's just so good. I I end up just sitting down like a loner for like two or three hours just typing everything up. And I just have the best time doing it. And then I'll go out for a dog walk the next day and listen to a couple of the theme songs of the wrestlers to give me inspiration. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So where can the good humans find you, my man? At Fruity is Alex on Instagram and Twitter. We are at WrestleOzStyle on Instagram and Twitter. Search us up on Facebook, WrestlingOzStyle. And where can the humans find you, Khan, sir? Uh, at I am Chris Bunder as well. You can go back and listen to the entire Wrestling Oz Style archive for free. That is SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Nothing left to say, but good day, and we'll speak to you next time. Do-do-do-do-do. <laughs>